Hi everyone, and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion. I'm your host as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles, and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world, ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. Today's guest is Sam King, originally from the UK, now living in Tokyo, Japan. Sam is a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer, and editor who's been based in Tokyo since October 2016. Specializing in music, he's worked on projects for Resident Advisor, Fact Magazine, Vinyl Factory, NTS Radio, Red Bull, Ableton, and many more. In addition to filmmaking, music also plays a big role in Sam's life. He is actively involved in producing and playing music. He was previously involved in the UK-based electronic band Mayans, and now Sam is one half of the Tokyo-based electronic duo Hanagi Koen, a band that focuses on the live approach to writing music using analog synths and drum machines instead of laptops and digital effects. In today's chat, we get into a wide range of topics, ranging from what it takes to make a career out of your passion, how to make the leap and work abroad or remotely, how to maintain confidence and keep your skills sharp in times of struggle, and what we can learn from our failures. I think there's a lot of insight in today's conversation with Sam, so let's dive in. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to ADSR Inspirations. And I'm really excited by today's guest. I've been wanting to have a chat with him for a little while now. Uh, Please welcome filmmaker Sam King. So, Sam, I know you do a wide range of things related to film, and you've got a number of skills uh, ranging from cinematography, editing, directing, music production, uh, on and on. So I was wondering, really, where, where do your passions lie? What, what do you kind of identify yourself as? Sure, sure. Uh, well, yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me, James. Uh, yeah, really uh, appreciate being asked. Um, yeah, where do my passions lie? I mean, I guess primarily I see myself as a uh, documentary filmmaker. That's where, that's kind of how I learned about filmmaking from that kind of um perspective and so i think that's where um yeah where my main skills lie um but obviously through doing that you're always picking up um different different skills and certainly recently i've been working more on my cinematography um sometimes i work as a director as well but yeah recently been working more as uh yeah director of photography or camera operator for um, yeah documentaries, working with other directors, working with other filmmakers to try and make their projects happen. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the tricky things to kind of narrow yourself down into a um, yeah into something specific. Or at least for me, that's like I enjoy a variety of different different jobs sometimes. So um, yeah, that's but yeah, I'd say a documentary filmmaker is kind of the the main one. Sure. Yeah. I guess you briefly um, said 
that was roughly your area of study. I guess, could you give us a little bit of your history, kind of like how you got started or uh, where you studied, whatnot? Sure. Yeah. Well, I say in terms of uh, study, it's, it's all uh, sort of self, self-study. So I studied, when I went to university, I, I studied business, uh, business management down in Cardiff. And um, yeah, it really wasn't uh, a very exciting uh, course for me. Uh, it was very dry and theoretical, not really what I wanted to be um, focusing on. Uh, but when I was at university, I was also part of the student radio program. I did a lot of music, music shows there. And I was also at the, in my final year, I was sort of in charge of the music programming. And off the back of that, I got, after university, I got a placement with the BBC for like their local music, music show in Oxford. And I spent like maybe a couple of years working on that. But one of the first jobs I did there was to film a load of local bands at a festival, truck festival, and then edit that. And I had zero experience in shooting or editing at that time. I was interested in photography, but never really done anything. And yeah, that was that was my first my first time touching a camera. And I just thought this is such a fun experience. Like especially um, just seeing it come together from the editing perspective. I was like, this is really great so i want to do more of this so i just at that time i think the dslr cameras were getting pretty cheap and the quality was really good um it was just after like the canon 5d had come out so there was lots of like cheaper cameras where you could shoot hd um and so that's basically what i started how i started i I bought one of those and because of my work on the radio show i knew a lot of the bands and artists in oxford and so from that, I started getting jobs doing music videos around and about. And um, yeah, my first, the first ones I did, I, yeah, I had zero idea of what I was doing, you know, even sort of technical stuff, um, you know, about like aperture and shutter speed. Like I just, I, I didn't really have a clue. I was just like, oh, this looks cool. And so sometimes like I look back at those things now and I'm like, wow, they were so like technically bad. But at the same time, they still have like kind of a slightly cool vibe because it was just totally experimental and just someone figuring out what's going on, basically. Um, so, so I'm still quite quite proud of some of those uh, those earlier videos. Um, but then, obviously, the longer you do it, the more like technical knowledge you get and the more idea of how things should be uh, composed or framed um, and more about lighting and that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, that, that just kind of the, the longer I did that, the more I started getting uh, like bits of work from local businesses and then started getting enough to be able to take a bit of a, a gamble and go freelance. Um, and uh, that was, I think I, I maybe started making like the very first ones were probably about 10 or 11 years ago. And then it was maybe about three or four years until I got to the point where I went, where I went freelance, I think. So. Sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you, you had mentioned that um, in particular documentary sort of interest interested you. Uh, are there certain aspects? I know there's uh, a bunch of different modes of documentary. You know, we've seen some of the more famous ones in Hollywood, 
um, you know, in terms of like uh, observational or more like performative or participatory uh, styles. Is, is there like a certain form of documentary that really uh, kind of interests you more than others? Sure. Sure. I mean, I really like uh, sort of cinema verite style, like very much yeah. um, sort of fly on the wall, like really capturing things that are happening naturally. Um, and obviously that's a very, uh, very tricky form to do and to get absolutely right because, you know, by the very nature of a camera being there, it's, it's hard to get things to really happen as if you weren't there. Um, but certainly that's, uh, that's a style that I, that I'm a big fan of. Also, I mean, yeah, some of my favorite filmmakers are, um, uh, there's a guy called Joshua Oppenheimer. And if you know him, the, um, he did a couple of films about, um, these, uh, like, yeah, horrific, um, incidents in Indonesia back in the, in the sixties, with like sort of, um, about the genocide there um, and basically interviewing the the perpetrators um, of that incident and yeah I don't know are you, are you familiar with the films uh, what was that one called the the act of killing is um, oh right 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 yeah yeah and so, so he interviews the um, yeah the, the the main guy and a, a bunch of the others and he he gets and these these guys see nothing wrong with what they did. And so he gets them to, he gets them to make a film about it. He says, I want to make a film. I like, you know, and, and he kind of like creates this Hollywood style thing. And, and the guy who did it is directing it. And it's like, ah, no, you've got to kill them like this and stuff. And it's really like, yeah, it's, it's a very, um, yeah, interesting way to get them to kind of look at it and to try and, yeah, break down their perception of what it was and to see it different perspective um so yeah that's that's uh yeah i don't i'm not sure exactly what style you call it but yeah the, it, it's like he really kind of went out of his way to create that situation as opposed to cinema verite where it's like you would let something happen and develop that way so sure sure uh, sure do you kind of uh in your work do you kind of see yourself, I guess, following the more verite style or like you mentioned the act of killing, like where um, maybe it's more like the filmmakers take or inserting themselves into it? Um, is that something like you see yourself pursuing a little bit then? Sure. I mean, I think I think naturally I'm, I'm more used to the cinema verite style. I think just just sort of. Like I, I like trying to let things happen as, as as naturally as possible, and trying to trying to capture that in the best possible way, rather than trying to create situations for that to happen. However, the the more I've been involved in filmmaking, and the more I've um, kind of uh, had like my own projects, the more I I realise that actually you know for a lot of films you you do need to kind of create these situations in order for like things to progress in a certain way you know you can't like documentary filmmaking is tricky because you can't it's not just a case of oh there's a story and you just go and follow it it's like the story is the story is so wide and you have to kind of figure out what parts of that you want to focus in on and how you want to make that fit together so 
um yeah I, I prefer to sit back and let things happen but at the same time you have to kind of shape things in a certain to a certain extent you know so. sure yeah for sure um i know for myself um i'm certainly interested in documentaries um but um probably more so like narrative um do you have some interests in narrative film as well um have you had any experiences with um narrative film of course yeah i mean i love obviously love uh watching uh narrative um narrative films and um yeah, I have had, uh, I've shot since before I came to Japan, I never, um, I didn't work on any, uh, any narrative stuff. Yeah. Um, but since being here, yeah, I've shot maybe, uh, three or four short films. Okay. Um, yeah, which, um, which was really a great experience for me, very different way of working to, um, documentary where you know you're taking time to set up the shots and um, you have very specific things in mind and you know you can refine certain things um, you know especially for me like um, it, particularly early on when I started out like I probably wasn't very confident in like asking people to like do stuff forget or you know you just be like oh I just film it and get out the way before you you know but yeah, doing narrative certainly makes you feel more comfortable in setting up those kind of shots and in getting people to do things the right way. If you feel like uh, actually your, your movement wasn't quite so good here or this line could have been better, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I really enjoy doing the narrative um stuff probably um the, the one of the weaker sides of my uh, work is is my lighting like i've never really done like um like quite high-end lighting like i do i do I, like i try and use natural lights as much as possible and then i accentuate that if i need to um but yeah i definitely really enjoy being able to spend time working on the lighting and trying to improve things that way. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely something that I would like to keep, uh, keep working on and keep developing. Um, yeah. If anyone's out there is looking to make a short film. Um, yeah. I'd love to, love to, love to work on another one soon. Right. So, it, so it's not something like it's the case, um, you know, you're strictly a documentary filmmaker and you have, you know, no interest in the other side of it. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I think certainly like the principles are still the same. And I know a lot of guys who will kind of, yeah, mix mix between the, the different styles. Um, definitely it helps to have a, sort of a, a specialty, I think, and particularly from a work view, like uh, people see me as a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer. I think that's the majority of the work that comes through. And that's the work that I enjoy the most. Um, but yeah, for sure, like it's always fun to do different things and especially if the scripts are interesting um yeah it makes it it makes it really uh really cool to do so um yeah what, yeah would uh, would love to love to do some more of that for sure yeah um you mentioned uh previously I, I guess um you were in the UK at the time when you kind of uh realized that uh you could you know have a go at it and you could take your art and your passion and, you know, mm. sort of make make a career out of it, which, you know, is no easy task for a lot of people uh, starting out and kind of in the industry 
or just trying to, you know, get a hold on something. Um, so was there like a certain point or like, you know, that you realized, you know, maybe I can do this for a living and I don't have to, you know, take other jobs or. There, yeah, there, there was a very specific point. Actually, I can remember it very clearly, but it wasn't kind of like, oh, I'm getting so much work. Um, I'm getting so much work. I've got to leave my job. It was more, um, I was getting asked to film uh, like gigs in, in London, some like quite, quite like decent um, shows, some bands who are playing like good venues. And um, through my contacts of making music videos, someone had I'd been asked to do some of these gigs. Um, and I, I had another like pretty much full-time job at the time I was working, uh, for a company. Um, and I had to turn down these gigs filming bands because I was working. Um, and the first time I did, I was like, yeah, okay, I can't, I can't do it. And then, um, after like two or three times of doing this, I was like, well, hang on a second. Like. I, I want to be going and filming these gigs. I don't like, uh, no disrespect to my uh, former job, Manams, um, had a great time there, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so I was like, if I have the chance, if I can go and film gigs, then I want to, I want to be doing that. So, um, that was the point at which I said, um, okay, I'm going to give this, give this a shot and, um, see how it goes. And, yeah, fortunately, my old company, they were an, uh, auctioneers uh, selling antiques. And um, I did some photography and stuff for them. And uh, they were kind enough to keep me on on a freelance basis. So I got like a little bit of work from them. I think that's probably I think that's probably the key for anyone starting out is to be able to have something where you know that you're going to be able to get through the month at least. Um, just just be like, OK, if the worst happens then at least I've got this this amount of money in my account and I can pay my bills and, and stuff like that um, so they were that was really good in terms of getting things off the ground um, and then slowly things started to happen but yeah when, when I first went freelance there was lots of time when I was uh, I was I was very free <laughs> very unemployed um, and uh, yeah, that was that's that's a challenging time, you know, where you 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 quit your job to go freelance. You're like, right, okay, yeah, ready to make some films, and then you just end up sitting around like waiting at home for salt for like something to email you or to get in touch. And um, but um, also at that time, you have like you have to be proactive and and to to reach out to people, and um, that's <clears throat> that's that's one of the hardest things as well, I think. To to really put yourself out there. I mean, it depends depends on the person a bit, but for me, that was kind of the, one of the challenges, I think, to really be proactive and reach out to people. But um, but once you've been doing that long enough, then hopefully you, um, yeah, people will start getting in touch every now and then, and, and then you can be less, slightly less proactive and yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's something I also wanted to kind of touch upon. Um, that period sort of where you, I guess, make the leap and uh, these doubts might start creeping mm -hmm. up in your head, you know, um, maybe for yourself or for, I guess, a lot of artists who kind of um, decide to take their art 
as a profession and do it full time. Um, how do you kind of how do you deal with some of those doubts and kind of keep your confidence up through, you know, especially as a freelancer? You mentioned, you know, you might go through periods where you don't have work coming in. Um, how, how do you kind of uh, push those doubts aside or keep your confidence high in those moments? Sure. I mean, that's that's a really big challenge. And, and I think it happens to everyone, no matter how long you've been doing it. Like, you know, if you have periods where the work's not coming in, you're not so busy, then, yeah, for sure, it's going to be... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, how, how do you deal with those situations? I mean, for me, I would always try and keep myself busy. Like if I wasn't working, particularly when I started out, if I wasn't working, I'd be like, okay, I can use this time to learn a new skill, to learn a new technique. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the, that's the amazing thing. There's so much content on YouTube now and um, yeah, so much information out there that you can always be learning new things from, um, even if it's just basic stuff or really advanced, you know, there's, um, cinematographers like doing masterclasses online. You can watch so much stuff. Um, so that was something that I would always try and do. Um, or you try and try and fill those that time with with passion projects um, and and the you know try and try and film something that you know maybe you had an idea or something that you wanted to make then 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 try try and get that done. But at the same time, like in in an ideological world, you think, oh yeah, if I'd be freelance, like I'll have all this time to like work on my own stuff and everything. But it's kind of hard when you're if you're not earning the money, then you don't have that kind of you, you kind of feel a bit guilty almost if you're working on stuff where you're not earning money and everyone else is out there is like doing their jobs like but i think that's something that i've just become more comfortable with over time that you don't have to be like working full time all the time and it's okay to just be you know making you know you making money like you as long as you're surviving and you're and you're happy enough then that's okay and you can use use that downtime to do other stuff that you want to do as well and i think i think that's an important side of it and and something that i've only recently got comfortable with actually is you know using that downtime to be like okay i'm gonna actually go for a hike today or i'm gonna go for a hike or and just take some downtime and refresh myself rather than just sitting at home being like ah oh, where's the work coming from kind of thing so um but that's not an easy thing to do. I think that that takes a lot of time to get used to. Sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, some really good advice um, for people. You know, regardless of your experience and skill level. Um, you know, the way that things advance and technology advances, um, you have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. And you know, really these days, there's no excuse, right? Like you mentioned, you know. YouTube masterclasses, whatnot. Um, so do you have some specific examples of ways that um, you maybe would keep learning or some some ways you could recommend to people to kind of, you know, keep progressing? Like maybe even, you know, you had the university course in a certain um, aspect of, say, filmmaking, but you kind of want to keep your skills sharp or you want to learn a new skill? What kind of things would you kind of recommend to people? Sure. Well, I guess it depends. It depends exactly what where your interests lie. But yeah, for example, um, 
like uh, I did the this and um, the Shane I think Shane Hulbert, uh the cinematographer did like Need for Speed and stuff. He has a great um, uh, great website with uh, a load of different course like lighting workshops and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I went through. I think it was during lockdown even last year. Um, I, I you know as as I said, lighting is an area of my work that I wanted to improve on. So went through like watched watched a lot of a lot of his lessons on there and and i think doing that is a great way you know you really get to hear from someone very experienced how how they would they would do something um yeah i mean it really just depends on what what your particular interests lie in um but yeah i mean i would, I would definitely say doing something that you can you can practice is good like Sometimes, yeah. If you watch, if you watch something, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I can take it in. But if you can actually, you know, say if you actually have the tools to do that, even if it's not, you know, they they might be using very expensive cinema lights, but you might just have a couple of lights at home. But you can still practice the principles and the basics of that. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that is a is probably the best way doing something. Or looking at something that you can practice if you're interested in editing you know there's there's tons and tons of different editing techniques that you can look at and learn um learn from online sure. so um yeah i mean just just yeah if if you're if you're interested in it then then get out and do it i'll tell you yeah. right yeah kind of like you say um these days there's not really any excuses um, for you just to, you know, sit around and, uh, you know, kind of bemoan your fate. Oh, I don't have work, uh, you know? Sure. Uh, um, I, I think what would you kind of, um, what would you kind of advise in terms of, um, like you mentioned, you know, lighting was one of your weaknesses. Would, would you kind of more recommend people to kind of, um, search out the things they're not very good at and try and at least get adequate at those or should they kind of like um focus in on you know one thing and maybe become like an expert or try and you know become like the top the top at one thing or would you say it's better to kind of have a broad range of skills that you're at least you know proficient in yeah it's a good, it's a good question and i think it just totally depends on on what you like doing i mean i know a variety of people who've done yeah both both approaches like sometimes um you know i know some sort of steady cam operators and they that's that's like all they do is the steady cam operation that's what they've done for years and that is something that um yeah i think you know they'll be they'll get very 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 good at that and and that's all they'll do um and then yeah i know some people who would do direction do cinematography sometimes edit themselves as well um yeah. so it really like it really just depends on on you and what what you're interested in i think um especially if you're starting out i would encourage you to do what you enjoy and just follow that as best you can um if you if you realize that like I, I really like lighting this these scenes or like I really enjoy working in narrative then then just do that and and just as long as you're enjoying it then it makes it so much easier to learn about that's that's how I found like you know I started I was doing music videos so I was like uh, this is just so fun like every you know 
on my weekends when I wasn't working, I'd just go out and make music videos. And yeah. because, because it was fun, I like, that's, that's how I learned and that's how I picked up my skills. So um, I just say, I'd say to begin with, follow what you're enjoy, what you're enjoying. And then if you're starting to get good at it, then you need to start figuring out like, okay, I need to consider these other things as well, because that can help improve, improve my work basically. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I know for myself, you know, I've done a, f a few things just, uh, because I wanted to get involved really, you know, like writing projects and, uh, I did a radio show just, you know, I'm big into the music as well, just because, you know, you want to get involved in some way, you know, I've done writing for some film festival stuff. And, uh, in the beginning, kind of like you say, uh, you know, I've done a lot of stuff volunteer as well. Like, um, if that's just kind of where you want to be, then you just kind of have to keep at it. And, you know, eventually your skills are going to improve, right? I guess with anything. Um, so I want to go back a, a little bit to, um, to your story, right? So, you know, you were working away in the UK and, you know, th that's, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, you know, in their, their home country, you know, they start to get a foothold and whatnot. And then I guess, what, five years ago or so, you decide to make the leap, um, come over to Japan. So what, what kind of went into that where you're like now, okay, I can, I can do this you know, it's one thing to do it in your home country. You've got a lot of support, people you know, and friends and family to kind of yeah. make the leap, yeah, over to Asia. What what kind of was yeah. the driving, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I guess that came from the fact that after, after university, I was, um, I grew up near Oxford in the UK, in uh, the Cotswolds, very small countryside um, village. And after university, I went back to Oxford. Um, and so I'd spent like quite a lot of time in a, in, a, in a very like small part of the world. You know, I was what, 20, uh, 27, 20, no, 28, 29. Um, by that time after, after I've been freelance for a couple of years and, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, I loved Oxford. I loved being there. I had a very good, like great group of friends there um but i was thinking yeah i was thinking like it would be nice to go somewhere else and to try something else and i happened to come to japan at that time um a good friend of mine was living here so i came with a bunch of friends to visit him and um yeah i i could see that it seemed like a really fun place to live i could see that there was lots of cool stuff coming going on here like culturally musically um and just you know going to izakayas and bars and stuff in in tokyo is so fun and then also um and also where as we we traveled out like we just went to the main spots but i was like okay there seems like there's a lot of cool places to visit here and to see so i wanted to try and try a change of scene and yeah fortunately we have like the working holiday visa where you can come and work here for a year so my initial plan was literally to come here and i even <clears throat> i thought um you know i probably i get here probably do some english teaching which i did a little bit of um and then i would maybe like make a couple of films and travel a bit and then go home after a year that was basically what i thought 
was going to be the plan. Um, but then, yeah, after maybe, yeah, as soon as I got here, I, I just sort of launched myself into helping out on projects on, you know, there's a Facebook group where people post, oh, you know, we need help on a short film or whatever. Um, and then that was how I first met people in, in the film industry here. And then from that, I started getting asked about doing like odd, small little jobs here and there. And then it just kind of built up from there really. So, um, yeah, after, uh, there was, there was a point after about six months, um, where, you know, my, my savings that I'd built up had slowly been, uh, declining. I was like, okay, something needs to happen here. And then I just got really lucky. There was a project um, from uh, the University of Tokyo that I got just because of someone I met at a networking thing in Yoyogi Park. And that connected me. And then that project just kind of helped get give me enough to, to get going. And it was kind of similar to my, my job in the UK where I had like that regular thing all of a sudden that could just keep me me a float and then it, it enabled me to kind of it took the pressure off a little bit so um yeah and so then we just kind of from one year it went to two years and then two to three and then yeah and, and yeah almost five years yeah, yeah it's one of those a very familiar story when i speak to other right um, right other um i know the past year regardless of you know what industry people are in it's, it's been, you know, a struggle for a lot of people. Um, for yourself, how, how have you found the past year kind of going through the pandemic? Have you been able to consistently find work? Um, have you, you know, maybe progressed on certain things? Have you regressed in other areas? How, how have you found like going through the pandemic with this? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's obviously been a challenging year for everyone and, yeah, it was it was definitely tough to begin with, as you had you know had like a load of projects, and especially last year it was the Olympics supposed to happen. Um, I think everyone was expecting, especially in filmmaking, to that to be like the busiest time and to be a really good. I just I literally just invested in a new camera, which was um, quite a lot of money, and I bought it because I was like, okay, there's going to be before the Olympics. I want like. So new, and then it just like sat on my shelves for like four months, and I was like, "God, like what's going to happen here?" Um, but fortunately, yeah, after after like maybe three months of of not much, then um, like projects started coming in, and um, yeah, obviously people have adapted on how to work in this um, environment. You know, bit like the crews have gotten smaller, the projects are still happening, but. You know, you just have to be more careful when you're um, when you're shooting, more careful with equipment, and obviously keeping distance from people and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, things have changed, but um, yeah, I think we've been pretty fortunate in that uh, in Japan, at least things things have been able to keep on keep on happening. Um, yeah, but obviously it's 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 been very different to before, and it's just kind of like very much. Like it'll be very busy for a second and then the state of emergency happens and then nothing's going on and then things will start happening again slowly. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 again, it's just something to get used to, but 
Um, personally, as I, as I said before, like I'm now used to having that downtime a little bit. So I'm trying, I try and use that a bit more effectively. Um, so yeah, last, last year I was doing a lot of music, um, doing like on my downtime and which is more of my hobby. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically, um, yeah, what I've been up to the last, the last year or so. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, and for others, you know, listening into, you know, working in Japan, you know, foreign country, foreign language, um, have you encountered, you know, some struggles, maybe language barrier, culture, culture things, um, you know, throughout working here the past, you know, four or five years, ha have there been some things that have been a struggle? Def definitely. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of cultural differences. And in fact, I can remember quite clearly one of my first jobs here, um, which was after maybe about three or four months, it was, um, we had to go to, I went to Fukuoka to um, film. It was for an American company, but we were filming. Um, they had like a very high tech farm down there. And the production was from the US. And so they send us this like big shot list of stuff they wanted. They're like, we need the farmer doing this, 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 and this. So I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. So went down with a, a small group of us. And went went to the went to the farm and did like the interviews and stuff and that was all fine. And then I started going through the the shots that we had to do and it was like oh we need the farmer walking around the yard with his cows etc. Um, so I started asking him to do these things and to begin with he was kind of reluctant but he he he'd do it. And then after a while of being asked to do this stuff over and over he was like. Um, he was actually like, uh, actually, you've you've insulted my dignity, and you know this this is not this is not something we would ever usually do, and I don't want the I don't want the my neighbors, my friends, my family to see me doing these things that I wouldn't do, which I totally understand and respect. But there was just that complete miscommunication from the American side to this side to be like what like no one like said oh what what do you what would you do like it was just like can you get get him to do this and and for me i think coming from the uk it would probably be a bit more normal to be like ah can you do this and they'd be like ah no we don't do that we can do this instead um but then yeah he kind of started doing it and then um but yeah at that time my my japanese level was almost non-existent um, so I couldn't really pick up on any of the cues that he might have been feeling uncomfortable or not. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was the day I learned the words, uh, the word uh, dame, um, which um, I remember him very, very specifically being dame. And uh, I said, to him, so I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we can't film anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so that was that was a big learning experience for me, and I think that's something that's very that I've been very careful of ever since is to make sure that you know whoever you're filming here, especially um, you know you have to be very respectful to them, and you have to make sure that they're comfortable with with what you're doing. Um, so yeah, that was that was a big learning curve for me. Um, yeah, and and obviously in terms of language, um, that's that's the whole other challenge. Um, I've been learning Japanese since I got here and slowly I'm getting, getting better, but still, uh, quite a long, quite a long way to go. So sometimes, um, particularly if you're interviewing people in, in Japanese, then obviously that's kind of 
that's you know if you're using a translator then it's it's harder to get those really kind yeah. of natural clear answers that you'd, you'd be hoping for um so yeah that's uh there's definitely a few a few challenges to working here um and definitely some some cultural differences that is very important to sure. be aware of say. sure sure yeah i mean uh i guess you've done a majority of freelance projects but maybe for some people uh wanting to join you know like a production company or film company uh the barriers might be even higher in terms of uh you know what you have to know what your japanese level has to be at something like that um do you have any thoughts about that for sure yeah i think if you want to work for a production company usually people will want someone who's who's bilingual right um i remember yeah when i got here there was lots yeah you can get like smaller freelance jobs if people just need an extra pair of hands on set but um yeah a lot of the times for production companies they'll they'll, they'll, they'll they'd like you to be um bilingual um yeah because it's it's a, obviously an important part of, of being here um that said i do know i do know some people who don't speak any japanese who um who still work in the industry um or have have limited abilities but um yeah obviously if, if you're really good at what you do and you combine the way to work here then then that's that's totally doable um but um yeah i'd recommend if anyone's thinking of coming to japan and, and working in this industry i'd certainly recommend trying to get grips with some japanese because i think even if, even if you can just speak a little bit i think people really value that they appreciate that you're making the effort and can especially for example if you're going to film a farmer in fukuoka if you can at least you know say a few things and and get get um yeah get on on the same page as them then i think that really that really helps so yeah um yeah no that all makes perfect sense um so you've mentioned you know you kind of had an interest in music and you know you've played in bands before and groups so if you kind of had a if you had the freedom or like the budget to kind of do whatever you want you know if you had like a dream project uh what what would what would that look like for you um that's a good question um free as as in like a music a music thing or a film thing or it, whatever it could, or yeah it could, it could be whatever you know like if you had you know like a hollywood size budget or you could you know make a documentary oh, wow. uh you know feature length or you know anything really yeah um i i mean I, that's yeah that's that's a good question yeah tricky one to answer i mean for me well what i what i love doing in my time when i'm not filming is, is just making music so I, I think a lot of that money would like go on a big like music studio sure. and just uh yeah that that would be that would be great and then maybe okay so perhaps i would i would handpick all of my favorite japanese uh musicians around the country bring them all to this uh, studio and then make a documentary about them sure uh like making music together and uh collaborating that would that sound that sounds like a fun project yeah, for sure okay so that's is that something you've thought about before or that's just kind of uh going through ideas in your head yeah no that's that's literally just popped popped into my head now but uh right, but, right, yeah, right. that would be that would be a uh a fun a fun thing to do there's certainly a, there's a lot of talented musicians around around japan and um sure yeah a lot of a lot of my my 
my video work, my documentary work has involved like going, like, you know, working with Japanese musicians and, and producers. Right. Um, so I've been lucky enough to meet some really, some really good ones. So yeah, it would be nice to be able to like bring a load of those together to a certain place and be like, okay, make some music and uh, make a film about it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I know. I know I'd watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to touch on the music thing a little bit. Um, so I guess, you know, you mentioned you've been involved, um, you were in a band called Mayans in the UK and, uh, you know, now here in Tokyo, you've been, uh, with my brother, um, one part of Hanagi Koen, um, right. And you guys just released your first EP through Subtempo Records for anyone listening, go and grab that one. Um, can you speak a bit about, uh, some of uh, your interests and goals with music you mentioned is kind of a hobby. Do you have some kind of uh, goals that you're looking to do with this current project or just with music in general? Sure. I mean, I think for me, music has always been been a big uh, passion of mine and just always been playing in bands from when I was up in, in school, going through university and stuff. Some were some some good, some some not not so good. But um, yeah, for sure uh when when i was in oxford and i and i went freelance um it was really nice to be able to be able to spend time doing doing mayans and and playing music and you know yeah. i could i could uh, and i could work on the music videos if i didn't have work and 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 stuff like that um and it's it's, it's yeah same same for hanagi cohen here like it's really nice to have uh a different creative outlet you know like my work is very creative a lot of the time um but at the same time when it's your job and there's money on it and there's you know there's certain expectations of things that need to be done um you're not like fully in control of that so it's really nice to have something where i can be just making music and just being creative and yeah, however it comes out, it comes out. And um, yeah, fortunately with the Hanagi Cohen stuff, it's been it's been going pretty well. We've had, um, yeah, we've got the EP out. It's taken us quite a long time, partly due to the uh, the pandemic and, and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's getting there and we, we'd like to release release an album. Um, so we're gonna start working, working on recording that pretty soon. Um, but yeah, just in terms of what I'd actually like to achieve with it, I mean, it's just 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 love playing shows, love sure. love doing um, love love playing live and and writing basically. So um, as long as we can do that, like it would be really cool to be able to do a few small small festivals around Japan. Yep. Um, and yeah, if that, if that happens, that's, that's great. But if not, then just more than happy, just keep in, keep on writing music and being able to spend spare time doing, doing that, that kind of stuff. So. Right. Right. Um, is it, it's something that you always kind of see as a hobby or if there is say an opportunity to maybe do music full time, that's something you'd pursue as well. Yeah, I don't, I like, I never really, I mean, I've, I think for, for a long time when I was younger, I was like, I want to be in music. Like I was like, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I want to do. And that's, that's maybe partly why I was always, um, I was working for like, doing the radio stuff and, 
um, trying to like help out record labels and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I realized after a lot of time of working working with bands and and, and that kind of stuff that you realize how how hard it is to really make a yeah. living from that and how to really you know you have to sacrifice a lot i think to make it work and i saw, I saw friends of mine having to really put in so much effort and energy to to get their their work off the ground and um yeah so i i'm quite realistic about the fact that it's, it's so hard to to get to that point where it would really um really you can you can live live off that then so yeah i i would i would i would love it if if that was the uh opportunity that came through but at the same time um it's not really kind of part of the game plan it's like we'll just keep making the tracks and and uh yeah. something comes of it then that's great but um yeah sure. not holding out hope for a universal to come knocking on the door just yet we'll right see. right right <laughs> Um, it's, it seems like, you know, in music, especially, and, um, you know, filmmaking certainly as well, what you're doing freelancing, um, kind of self-promotion and social media and this kind of thing, um, especially these days, plays a big role in those kind of jobs. Um, what, what's, your kind of, what's your take on kind of doing, you know, the whole self-promotion and being active with social media and kind of you know letting people know what you're doing all the time or you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm kind of quite quite bad at that I'm quite bad at that now i mean i think maybe when i was uh, a bit younger in my late my late 20s or something i was <clears throat> more involved in that as a sort of instagram and snapchat and stuff was just coming out and it was like oh yeah this is fun but the more i've done it the more tired i've become yeah. doing that and just just constantly having to put yourself out there and to be like okay i need to post about this job i need to like say something interesting about this thing um and yeah when and when i started the freelancing stuff i was like okay yeah i'm gonna be like so active on social media and let people know what i'm doing and uh yeah now i just don't really post i don't really post anything i just i will share if if there's a project that i'm really proud of i'll share things on on facebook or i might send people links directly um but yeah i've kind of all but stopped using instagram um it's it's one of the uh challenges uh, yeah and uh your brother sean is uh like a he understands that it's it's a necessary evil sometimes for especially for music so we kind of have to do it so um i like uh i'll just um i'll use it if 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 we need if we have something to promote but um i try and delete it as soon as possible because it just yeah it, it kind of I've, i feel it's just not it's just not super healthy for me you know um i think trying to or like just always having to say to people oh, i'm doing this i'm doing this and and I go on it and I see like so many friends are like, ah, oh, they're like, ah, oh, they're working on like all these great projects and like, ah, oh, why am I not doing that? You know, you just end up comparing yourself so right. quickly right. to what everyone else is doing. And it's like, um, yeah, I don't like, I just, I just don't find that that healthy. So, um, I try and stay away from it. Um, but yeah, obviously you've, you've, for, if you want to promote your music, if you want to, 
um, share stuff, then of course that's that's important. But um, yeah, from from a work point of view, I'm kind of lucky that now. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of the time my work comes from word of mouth from friends of friends um, yeah. or like, or people just finding my website somehow. I think. Um, and so because of that like I, I don't feel it's like a great need for me to be using it um perhaps if i yeah perhaps if i had if i was less busy then i would be more inclined to do it to try and get stuff but um yeah i don't think um there's so much of a, a need for that once once you've kind of um yeah established and stuff so um yeah, it's a, it's a tricky balance. It's a tricky balance, and again, it's it's it just depends on 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 you, right? Like some some people like are, are a lot more comfortable in like putting that information out there and and sharing stuff with people. But um, yeah, for me, it's just uh, uh, yeah, not 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 so much part of my my character. I think. Yeah, I mean that totally makes sense to me. Uh, I kind of feel the same way in terms of. Uh... You know, like you mentioned, uh, you'll you'll go out there and, you know, everyone's posting about, you know, how successful they are, what they're doing. But, you know, a lot of it seems kind of shallow in terms of, you know, that's not real life. You know, people aren't posting about, OK, well, today I didn't get this job today. I exactly. kind of, yeah. you know, um, had this failure or, you know, I didn't do this. So you kind of, you know, it's it's all selective, right? People are only showing what they want people to see and um like yourself i've kind of grown out of that but at the same time you know when you're doing something creative and you kind of need an audience right you see some of these people on instagram or a twitter you know they've got millions of followers obviously that influence whatever you're doing is going to have yeah. a bigger impact the more people you have kind of following you yeah absolutely yeah um, I just wanted to touch on, you know, you mentioned before about lighting, something you want to improve on, um, it, or in terms of, you know, maybe people, um, so maybe this has happened to you or some advice for people, um, how to kind of get over some failures, you know, so what are, what are some things maybe you failed at in the past, um, but you've kind of kept at it or you've persevere you know you mentioned some of your earlier work when you look at it now you kind of have a bit of a laugh but there's something to it as well um how, how do you you know as an artist how do you kind of uh deal with you know failures it could be you know maybe something in your personal life or your uh, artistic life um what are what are maybe you know two two examples of some kind of failures you've had and what you've been able to learn and overcome in those Sure, for sure. I mean, certainly there's been some experiences I've had where um, I've I've filmed I've filmed things and they've not been they've not made their their completed state. Um, you know, we, we went we went to show we had an idea in our heads. Um, we went and we filmed stuff. One was a, a music video I did uh, here early on when I was in Japan. Um, and uh, yeah, I had an idea of what I wanted it to be, and we went and, and shot it, and it just it didn't come out quite right. And so I tried turning it into something else, and it wouldn't work. And and yeah, I got quite down about that because I spent like a load of money on it, and um, 
you know, it was, uh, I mean, not, not, not like tons, but at the time when I was, you know, I didn't have much money in Japan. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so I remember doing that and feeling, yeah, feeling pretty, um, down about it and especially not, not getting any work, but I, I mean, yeah, you just have to really be able to take a step back and be like, okay, well, why, why didn't that work? Like, why, why did it pan out? And I think I look at, I look back at that project and I'm like, well, actually I didn't really plan it that well. Like it was kind of like, just, we found a location, we turned up, we tried to make something. Um, and actually it didn't, it wasn't quite, it didn't turn out quite like we hoped because we just, I just didn't really plan it well enough. Um, so you look back at that and you think, well, okay, that's, that's something I can improve upon. You know, I can actually decide what shots we need a lot, a lot further in advance and, and, you know, be a lot more specific about some of the details to make sure that it's going to fit together well. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, and I think that's something that can be said for any mistake that you make, like, you know, it can be quite painful when that happens and it can be hard to admit it, but you've got to be able to take a step back, I think, and, and look at it from, you know, after a bit of time, look back and think, okay, well, you know, there's a reason why it didn't happen. What, what, what could I have done better? And if you can do that, then you'll keep progressing, I think, in your art or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, I think, I think that's an important thing to be able to do. And, um, yeah, like it is hard to, to not get down about stuff like that. Um, but I think you also have to remember that I think pretty much all artists or, um, people who've gone through their careers have, have gone through stuff like that. And it's like you're saying on Instagram, like people aren't posting on Instagram about those things, right? They're not, yeah, right. yeah you're not saying, um oh here's a here's a project that i tried but it didn't it didn't turn out how he wanted and and uh and i feel bad about it um but even though they're not posting about it everyone has pretty much gone through those things and i think probably the the people that like really make the best stuff are probably the ones that are able to um realize why those things haven't gone to plan and are able to improve upon them for next time so yeah yeah i mean yeah you mentioned you know most people aren't um i think you know if someone did post about something like that um it, it might actually be received better because something like that is more true and people you know relate to stuff like that versus you know um all this manufactured uh lives that we're seeing you know like some of the other podcasts i listen to you know if you can admit your failures and put them out there um, I think people will actually respond a little bit uh, more to that than just sure. all this, you know, I'm great, I'm great. Um, you know, something I've started doing recently, like you mentioned, um, after the fact, uh, I do these things, these kind of like after action reports. And, you know, whatever you do, whether it's a success or a failure, you kind of put together, you know, report what worked well, what didn't work, and what can you improve from next time. Um, you know, I've started, I've started doing some more running recently, long distance running and, uh, just trying to reach certain distances and times and whatnot. And, you know, but I think, you know, this can apply to a lot of things, you know, what worked really, for yeah. you, what didn't, yeah. In terms of uh, artistic stuff, you know, I'm certainly going to be listening to these and applying that, um, you know, and just kind of, you just kind of got to keep improving, 
uh, I kind of have the attitude, you know, you're either evolving or devolving. So right. uh, I think, you know, a lot of artists, you may kind of get uh, complacent or you get, you know, you get a bit of success and you kind of think, okay, you know, this is easy. But uh, I think it's definitely important to keep progressing. Um, so yeah, we've been going for a little while, man. I got I got it. The yeah. time's kind of fl flown by. I just uh, I have a couple questions that I want to ask every guest at the end of this. And sure. uh, so because you know this is the inspirations pod, and I've got two questions that I'm planning for every guest. So the first one is. Uh, what are three things or maybe three people that have really inspired you or inspired your work or inspired, you know, your life? Um, three things or three people that have given you inspiration. Three things or three people that have inspired me. Um, okay. Well, probably just, just on a grand, like music, musical um, inspiration being from Oxford, um hometown of radioheads they're definitely like one of my yeah. favorite acts um and growing up i was always listening to their music and um i think especially once i got to university going to see them play and uh and um and then subsequently occasionally like seeing them like wandering around in in oxford they were always like uh, a big influence um to to me uh musically and just just about the way they go about doing their stuff like you know with when they released in rainbows they totally sort of uh went against the music industry and you know released this record for free um so i think just the way they approach things i think has always been um a bit like a, a big and and just their music in general i think probably if you listen to um any of my recent projects from Mayans or Hanagi Kai and you can probably hear sort of small elements of of the uh, radio head trickling in there um so yeah I, I'd say they are definitely one okay two other major inspirations um I think maybe from a filmmaking perspective then uh, Werner Herzog is 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 a big a big one for me um again kind of someone who's sort of goes a little bit against the norm he just kind of goes and does his own thing and some of the films he makes are, are really weird or like you know kind of quite eccentric um but uh yeah i just love his approach the way he goes about um like making stories and the way he kind of i feel like you can always tell that he really cares about what he's making the films about and i think that's something that's that's really important as a as a filmmaker um so definitely uh yeah Werner Herzog is one more um and uh one other thing um okay maybe um one other thing oh like i mean it's it's a very general thing but i, I just nature in general is is a very important part of my life uh living in central tokyo you've kind of got to be able to um get out and uh escape from from the world sometimes and uh yeah i certainly love being able to get out of the city go to the yeah go and um explore the go hiking cycling whatever um 
so yeah i would say that um yeah mother nature is a big big one top three radiohead for sure mother nature there you go oh yeah i think well i think a lot of artists can definitely relate uh to probably all three of those you know especially yeah. nature uh, yeah. inspiration for quite a lot of art out there for sure uh and last one for you so what does it mean for you to kind of inspire others or be inspirational for others? What, what does it mean to, you know, someone looks up to you or they watches this or they see some of your work? Uh, what, what does it mean to inspire others to you? Uh, I mean, if someone sees the, the stuff that I do and it makes them want to do it, that's, that's like the best, the best thing for me. I mean, yeah, I remember starting out and I saw, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing friends work and, um, and I remember even, yeah, us reaching out to them being like, oh, how did you film this? It looks so cool. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we just use this this little camera and, and like, okay, cool. So I can, that's, that's something that I can do. Um, so, yeah, I hope that people that watch my work are also thinking, okay, you know, we, we can we can also do that. Like, um, yeah, the, like the, there's nothing more fun and satisfying than, um taking beautiful shots and like capturing those kind of moments and so yeah i hope that people watch watch these films and and um yeah get inspired to do so in fact i like i would say um there's one specific thing is that when before i came to tokyo like i was i remember seeing i think there was there was a, a documentary film by resident resident advisor about the tokyo yeah. music scene and i remember watching that and thinking like okay well there's you know that's cool that someone's like made that and they're like there must be i guess that there's got to be someone in that city that does like the resident advisor stuff and everything um and then when i came here i realized that actually there, there wasn't really someone specific um i actually i became friends with uh my friend mike who who is a producer of that but there wasn't anyone here based here to, to do that and then next time resident advisor wanted to come and shoot something here like i got introduced to them through mike and then yeah. ended up um working on them with some projects and for me that was like a real like dream to be like to see okay there was uh yeah there's there's an opportunity to make a film or like you know that would be a real um so i'll start this again uh yeah that would be a real uh yeah a real, a real dream come true to be able to go there and, and make a film about sort of dance music in tokyo and you know just just from seeing that film i decided to go like not just because of seeing that film but I decided to go there and um yeah and and eventually it ended up happening and it's like okay if i think if you if there's something that you want to do like that then if you put yourself in the place to do it then then it's amazing that what what can happen and so um, yeah, if you see my films and you think, oh, I'd like to make films in Japan, then yeah, you yep. should come and move to Japan. Or if you see anyone else doing stuff and you think, oh, that's cool, I would like to do that, then, you know, there are steps that you can take in order to get there. So, um, yeah. yeah, please uh, do it. So that was a really long, rambly. Uh, no, that was <laughs> good. That was good. No, I, I, th I think you're making some really important points, dropping some knowledge on us. You know, uh, the one of the important things is just to kind of, uh, you know, you're inspired. So go give it a try, go do something, start, you know, start some action. Um, so I really got to 
I really want to thank you for today, man. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. You're putting some great work out there and uh, you're exposing, uh, exposing the people to perspectives of Japan, uh, your own worldview, your photography, your video work, your, your music with your band, Hanagi Koen, uh, giving the world some spacey grooves here. And uh, where, where, can, uh, where can people also support you and check out some of your work? Yeah, probably, I mean, for my video stuff, then the best place is my website, uh, yeah, samkingfilm.com. Um, yeah, as I say, don't posting so much on social media now, but I, I try and keep my website updated with the latest projects and stuff. Um, so, yeah, please have a look on there if you're interested in seeing some of my work. If you have any questions about anything, then, yeah, just drop me an email. Email's on there, and, yeah, always happy to chat anyone who's interested in, in making films or has questions about how I do stuff. So, yeah. Uh, thanks again for doing this, my man. Uh, all the best to you. And it was a great, great to finally sit down and chat to you. I hope to physically be able to see you in person sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, thanks for this. For sure. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having the time and uh, yeah, for inviting me on. It's been a really nice experience. So yeah. Cheers, James. That was filmmaker Sam King, and this is James Mallion, and you've been listening to ADSR Inspirations. If you like what you've just heard and want to hear more insightful and inspirational chats from people all over the world, make sure to keep up with us at ADSRcollective.com, then follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ADSRcollective. Make sure to also follow us or leave a comment however you're listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Pandora. Thanks once again for taking your time to listen in. Until next time, stay inspired.